This is our 16th and final sermon on the Sermon on the Mount. In fact, this marks 26 weeks that we've been outside the sanctuary. That's a half a year worth of Sundays that we have not been in our sanctuary. Very strange times. Uh, I picked the Sermon on the Mount because it was just a long series I could do that I, I knew every week I could come back to it and just pick the next text and, and take us through this season and through the summer. Um, and I knew there were some pieces in here that, that would speak a lot to where we were as a country and as a world through this pandemic, but I, I really, it, it surprised even me how much some of these texts would speak uh, exactly to where we are in this world. So what I would like to do today for this final sermon is do a little bit of a recap of this whole Sermon on the Mount, where we've been, and then uh, just reflect on uh, some of the things that I learned while preaching on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, when we got started, we were back in Matthew chapter 5, and it said, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, so a lot of this was uh, aimed at the disciples in particular, but there were crowds around him. And so he wants to speak to them. He's up on a mountain, probably right around the Sea of Galilee. That's where he's preaching. And uh, we, we said from the beginning that this is probably a collection of the teachings of Jesus. Probably no one recorded the whole sermon or wrote the whole thing down. But there were these collections. But they do have these certain themes and, and certain... Uh, uh, progression to them. Jesus gives two passages for the intro. The first was the Beatitudes. Remember that part? He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn. All of, uh, uh, in all of those blessings, we tend to think that you'll be blessed someday, but, but we said in the sermon that uh, really Jesus is giving a blessing for now. That you're blessed now, good on you, right? Good when you do this. They're not about the future, but about now. And that sort of sets the tone for the servant, the, the entire Sermon on the Mount, to be living this kind of kingdom life now, knowing that there'll be even more blessing in the future. There was a whole passage about salt and light and how people who live this kind of life, who live the kind of life of the Beatitudes, um, will be like salt in a tasteless world, in a preservative. They'll, they'll be like light in a dark world. Then Jesus really gets into the, the main portion of the sermon, starting in chapter 5, verse 17, saying that, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus wants to make sure that, that he's, he's in line. He's saying he's in line with the Old Testament, with all everything that, that God's revelation has been up until now. Um, and so he says, not one dot or iota is going to pass away, but he's going to continue. And to make that point, he gives two groups of three, two triads of examples. Um, he says, he, he talks about uh, anger. You've heard it said you shall not murder, but he says anger is even bad. You should not have adultery, but he says lust is bad. You should not have divorce, but, but, um, but your heart should be right in your marriage. Jesus isn't taking away the, uh, he's not taking away the law. He is actually pushing it deeper into people's hearts. Then he gives another set, talking about making oaths, making sure you mean what you say, not retaliating an eye for an eye or a tooth for tooth, and actually loving your neighbors. 
This is the kind of crazy love that Jesus wants all of us to live. Then, in chapter 6, Jesus gives three different practices. Um, he talks about giving to the needy, he talks about prayer, and he talks about fasting. And in each of them, he wants to emphasize that it's not about doing those things for other people to see, but it's about your heart attitude, about how you do them. You want to be building towards a reward with God, not on this earth. Right there in the middle is that idea of prayer. He gives the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, we say it all the time. In Jewish thinking, whatever's in the middle of a text is normally the most important thing. So really, kind of the, the central punch, the central thing of this sermon is the thing that's really in the center, the Lord's Prayer. And there we find this idea of, of not my will, not my kingdom, but seeking God's kingdom, that, that heaven come to earth. Then he goes into lay, not laying up treasures in heaven, but that you should lay up for yourself, not laying for yourself treasures on earth, but laying up treasures in in heaven that you can't serve two masters and so you need to be careful how you treat your possessions and your money after saying that he's he knows that there's going to be a tendency for people to be anxious and to worry about your life and what you have and what you wear and what you eat so he says don't be anxious about those just like the birds just like the flowers of the field god knows what you need and he will provide he says not to judge others but, but to make sure you're paying attention to the, the log in your own eye before you help with the speck in your brother's eye. One of the big themes of this is not to be a hypocrite. Don't just say it. Don't just live it out in public, but you got to do it. you got to do it for yourself. He goes back to this idea of prayer, saying, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. That as you go about this life, as you go about living this kind of kingdom lifestyle, that God is going to provide for you. You just got to ask. And he, he sums up that end of that middle section, the main body, with this idea of, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So he goes back to the law and the prophets and uses this thing we call the golden rule to summarize. Then for the conclusion, we, we've seen this in the last couple sermons, Jesus gives a number of pairings to have a warning for us. Okay, what does it start with? It starts with, there's a narrow gate, and, and uh, that, that enter by the narrow gate, there's a, there's a wide gate and an easy path that many people follow, but the following Jesus is not easy. It's a narrow gate, it's a hard path. And that how do you know if somebody's leading you on the right path, will you judge them by your fruits? Because here's the second pair, there are good trees and there are bad trees. And some trees bear good fruit and some trees bear the wrong fruit. Then he says that there's two destinations, that in the end, in the final judgment, that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom, but some will enter into judgment, even though they've done good things. So yes, judge them by your fruit, but sometimes even the fruit can be deceiving. It's about your heart. Then he closes with this, saying that everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And, and the, the, the ones who don't, they'll be foolish. They'll be like people who build their houses upon the sands, and when the rain comes, then the foundation falls away and the house falls down. To be wise is to listen to what Jesus says and to live that kind of life. And Matthew concludes the sermon with these words. 
And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. So as we think about what to take away from this sermon, um, let's start with what Matthew says we should take away from this sermon. What, what the crowds initially hearing Jesus took away was his authority. Okay, now what does this mean? In, in Jesus' day, your teaching of, of the scribes and the Pharisees was always based on previous scribes and Pharisees. Okay, the power was always in your uh, footnotes, you know, like who said who. And so when you would go to debate something, you'd say, well, somebody said this and so-and-so said this. Jesus doesn't say that. He just talks as if he has the right to say whatever he wants to say about these things. Now, we know most of the things Jesus says in the sermon are not super original. We can find them in the Old Testament. We can find them in other Roman and Jewish teachings. But, but, but what Jesus does do is he just says it. He just says says it as if he has the authority to do it, and, and he's able to show them how to pray very personally to the Father. He's in the position of judgment in the judgment day. I mean, so, so the first thing I think we got to take away from this sermon is the amazing authority that Jesus has to say, here is the next stage in the law and the prophets. Here's the way to live life. This is how life is supposed to work. And we got to acknowledge that Jesus is the one that has the authority to do that. Now, what also strikes me about this sermon, having preached it and really lived in it for the last few months, is what Jesus doesn't say in this sermon. Think about all the stuff that we really talk about in church that Jesus doesn't seem to talk about at all. Like faith, belief, accepting Jesus in your heart, church, budget, worship services. I mean, a lot of what we're focused on, Jesus just doesn't seem to be focused on. Now, that's not to say those things are bad. That's not to say those things aren't biblical. A lot of those things end up coming out of Paul and from the early church, and, and so they're not bad. I, I just want to point out that our way of talking about Christianity is different than the way Jesus originally talked about it. He had a different emphasis. And, and, and to, say, to say that, I've I got to make sure you understand the big thing that, that I see that's different is his emphasis on now on living life right now. We've had this emphasis in Christianity in, in, the, in recent centuries that Christianity is about getting into heaven, right? Like we punched our ticket, we accept Jesus, and we get somewhere. But Jesus' emphasis is that heaven is here now, that this is not something we live for later. It's something we live for the immediate. And so uh, I think we, we need to notice that that this thing that Jesus is calling us to is actually about how we live today. And that's an important word that Jesus uses several times in this sermon. And that's the word wisdom. We have to have wisdom to know how to apply the Christian faith to our everyday lives. And, and it's not so clear and dry. And that's the other thing I take away from this with Jesus. Is that all the time Jesus is not giving us a yes or a no or a definite He's showing all these principles about how we should live, and he's trying to bring them uh, into our the forefront of our minds so we actually think and live our lives with wisdom. The, 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 the thing that encapsulates that, I think, in the way Jesus talks about the Sermon on the Mount is his emphasis on kingdom. And I have been struck by this, um, especially reading and spending some time with a guy named Reggie McNeil. But the emphasis of Jesus is on the kingdom. Not our lives, 
not our church, but on this idea that Jesus is the king, he's the Lord of all. We've been very focused on the church, very focused on our lives, but Jesus is trying to draw us to see this huge kingdom, that this whole world, that everywhere we look is part of God's lordship, and that we are called to be a part of that kingdom. And that that's really important, I think, for the church to get, because it means that the church isn't the destination. The kingdom is the destination. Okay, My, my friend Reggie McNeil talks about the church uh, being like an airport. The goal of an airport isn't to get people into the airport. The goal of the airport is to get people out into wherever they're being called to or they're trying to go. But sometimes you go to the airport, and it's like the airport thinks it's the destination. And they want to get all the people there. No, you want to send them out. The, the way of a Christian is the way of going out. is the way of emphasizing the kingdom. Not just getting heaven someday, but what do we pray in the Lord's Prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're bringing heaven, we're bringing kingdom to here. It's a very different, different emphasis for a lot of us as we look at the Christian faith. It's not about getting... It's not about getting to heaven. It's not about getting people to the church. It's not about getting me to feel good. It's about glorifying God through the kingdom, making his will be done. And I think central to that, central to the sermon and central to our efforts has got to be prayer. Okay, I wish, I don't know why we as Christians don't take prayer more seriously, but in the Sermon on the Mount, there it is right there in the center to pray. How to pray, different aspects of prayer. What are you doing to grow your prayer life? Because prayer is the power pack of the kingdom. Prayer is the power pack of the Christian faith. And we need to be people of prayer. Finally, I just got to be honest with you. As I, as I look at this Sermon on the Mount, it's just crazy. Crazy to live this kind of life. I mean, to really do this, to li really live all these things Jesus is talking about, where you, you don't even have anger in your heart or lust in your heart, and, and you're, you're not worried, you're not anxious about anything, and you're, you're not judging other people. I mean, to really live that, you, you almost can't. In fact, I don't think you can do it. The only way you can do it is by submitting to Jesus. The only way is if Jesus comes and works in your life. But I think that's kind of the point. The point is to sell out, to give it all up, to let Jesus be totally in charge of your life and to live for that kingdom. really enjoyed preaching the Sermon on the Mount. It's been great to dive deeply into such a text. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at a few of the parables of Jesus because it's one kind of teaching that Jesus that we haven't gotten to see from Jesus is parables. So we'll do some more parables. Um, but, but I think to close... What's amazed me the most is how much God has spoken to me and to so many people through this. Because a lot of us do feel anxious. A lot of us do feel like the, the, the rains are falling and the floods are coming and we feel shaky. May this be our rock. May we not just hear these words of the Sermon on the Mount, but may we build upon them and we, may we live our lives out of the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen.